0: woke time to get up hello and welcome to talk to your woke no speed limit podcast i'm your host alvin i hope you're having a wonderful day wow the world is topsy-turvy right now. mad shooting mad mad shooting one after the other um Of course, you know, there was one in uh, Brooklyn two weeks, or now four weeks ago, and just a week ago, just a week ago, there was a mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. I am going to talk about this today. I have talked about the Brooklyn shooting on on a previous occasion. Uh, I will mention that again today. Uh, I would like to tell you also that there has been a shooting in um, Oklahoma. At Oklahoma Mass General, I don't know the full details of this. I do know that five individuals have lost their lives there and that a gentleman did enter the hospital with an AR-15. Uh, There's a lot of questions as to how that happened or what happened there. Now, like I said, I'm talking about the Uvalde shooting today. I'm going to go ahead and give you some details on that. This is based on what I know. The This is an evolving story still because investigators are working on it different things have been told to the media and some of that comes from the media's need to know like right away i need it now and that's why this information is out there so if i got anything wrong i do apologize but this is what i know on the late morning of may 24th a young man who had earlier that morning shot his grandmother crashed his grandmother's truck outside uh Uvalde, Texas Elementary School. The young man was armed with an assault rifle, commonly known as an AR-15. Shot at nearby witness, uh, supposedly at a funeral home, and a call had been made to 911, either by the witnesses or teachers in the school as the young gunman entered the building shooting at the school. One teacher is known to have gotten shot as she closed her classroom door and locked it to prevent the gunman from entering. Another teacher walked out into the hallway to see what what was going on propping the door open with a rock when she heard the gunshot she closed the door but the cool, the door failed to lock i believe this teacher also called 911 and alerted the school authorities that there was a shooter in the school the school resource officer was not on campus at the time of the shooting now here's a story I'm not sure if this is exactly the story about what happened with the resource officer. He may have been one of the individuals shot. I am not sure. Uh, according on the 24th, it said that he had been shot by the uh, shooter, but I'm not sure of that. He did, however, return to campus after hearing about the incident at the school, but drove past the shooter to confront a teacher. Uh, as police arrived, the shooter had already barricaded himself inside a classroom and was shooting at the office from officers from that position and like i said these are the police that initially arrived at the school there were three officers all together two of the three officers were slightly wounded and forced to retreat it would take 77 minutes before members of the border patrol breached the classroom and killed the suspect it was thought the suspect was wearing body armor but this turned out not to be to be true though the shooter was wearing a a plated vest minus the plates. In other words, he had no armor on, but he did have a vest on that looked like he, he uh, had uh, protection during the this standoff. A nine eleven a nine one one call was made by a student inside the classroom, telling nine one one operators that there were both victims and students still alive in the classroom. The eleven year old girl had apparently smeared blood on herself from one of her fellow students who had been shot and was deceased to look to look as though she was dead. Now this is horrible. When I heard this story, I it, it just it just made this whole story worse. I'm glad she was. Thinking quickly, but the whole idea that one child was taking the blood from another child and smeared it on their body for this is just horrific. And I don't know any other way to say it. In all, 21 people lost their lives. 19 children between the ages of 9 and 11. And two teachers, uh, both in their 40s. Another 17 people were injured in the incident. It is believed the shooter fired more than 100 rounds during the time of the incident. 100 rounds fired. 21 students died. Now... Several parents at the scene said the police were outside standing around, however, we do know there were officers inside the school in tactical gear waiting for the opportunity to enter the classroom. It's not known why the commander did not act right away to have the officers breach the classroom. It is also not apparently apparent why the officers at the scene did not engage the suspect on their own it is It is suspected that it was thought that all of those in the classroom had perished. Now, this is not true because I'm going to say this. We're not sure what happened when the uh, uh, why or why they waited. As far as I know, there was a commander on the scene that was not giving them orders to go in. He was waiting. I don't know what he was waiting for. Um. And like I said, though, this has not been stated by authorities. It's just believed that maybe the reason why they didn't go in, they thought all the, they were deceased, so there was no need to rush trying to get to the uh, shooter. But as I said, the kids were making 911 calls. Now, I don't have this written down here, but uh, the 911 operator was speaking with someone and it, I'm, you would think that the commander there was getting that information from her that there were eight to nine students in that classroom. Like I said, 21 people died, 17 people were injured, and some of those were students in that classroom. Uh, once the shooter was taken down, they removed those kids from the classroom, the injured, all of those people were attended to. But no, it's no telling, after 77 minutes, there may have been some other students that could have been saved, but because they bled out, I hate to say that word right now, and I'm sorry that you guys are hearing these details, but many of them bled out because they didn't get an opportunity to get the medical treatment they needed because they were waiting 77 minutes to breach this classroom. And I don't know what the reasons are behind it. I don't want to just sit here and blame authorities for it. But there's a lot of other things that are going on. We'll talk about now as of Tuesday, uh, Governor Abbott of Texas has declared Uvalde. In a state of disaster, helping accelerate state and local resource for victims of this tragedy. Usually what this does is if you make this kind of declaration, that means some of the red tape is, you know, cut. Basically, you don't have to go through all the red tape to get stuff, resources to people that need it and need food, uh, medical treatment, um, other things, psychological help. Anything that the police need at this time for resources, especially things that help them with the investigation and cleanup and all those things. And I hate to say the word cleanup because it is nasty at this time. As of Tuesday of this week, the Uvalde Police and Independent School Police Department had stopped cooperating with, with then state investigation into the school shooting and the actions of the Uvalde and school resource officers following the shooting. However, Chief er- Arendando. This is the guy that was in charge that day, was the local commander on the day of the shooting, says he still is cooperating with investigators to talk with them on a daily basis. I, like I said, I don't know what was going on. He was a school resource officer, the chief uh, on, on duty that day, and he was the one that held the the, the truth back. Why? We don't know. I, I have no idea or any clue as to why, what was going on with that. But when we come back, we'll talk about this a little bit further you mm-hmm. said in the last segment uh, we were talking about uh, the things that are going on Governor Abbott. The one good thing that Governor Abbott did was um, of course like you said he made resources available to local authorities to the local people so that um, you know they can try to deal with this tragedy as best they can. The worst part about this is all the parents. You know they've been done all these interviews with these different parents and we've heard different things. A lot of them are mad about how the police handle things. Uh, a lot of parents right now are feeling like they're feeling guilty like it's their fault. This is their child you send them to school you don't expect them to die when they go to school expect them to get an education and come home safe but this brings up questions about all sorts of things about school safety uh police how police should handle mass shootings um, it also brings up questions about gun use in the United States. And I'm gonna try to give my opinion of that today. You know, a lot of people might say, Oh, you're you're to the left, so you're gonna talk about an uh, gun. Well, I do. I understand we have the Second Amendment in this country and people are allowed to have guns. So I can say that. But it's some of the things that I'm seeing attached with guns that are it's called a mad mad world. Um, uh, you know, we used to think that the only crazies in this world were Folks like the folks who did the Charlotte a few years ago in Charlotte, Virginia, and the Ku Klux Klan and folks like that, we thought they were the only crazies in the world. But then you start seeing and then, you you know, you may even go a little bit farther talking about the Boogaloo Boys, the three percenters and all these other groups out there uh, that call themselves, you know, Second Amendment uh, activists or whatever you want to call them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, They got all these different groups. It's so bad with the three percenters that you even have police officers that are wearing their badges on the job. Uh, You know, Boogaloo Boys, not so much. Uh, Some of the other groups, not so much. But you see policemen who have joined these organizations. You have military people who have joined this organization. Uh, They they love their guns. They love their operations. But they don't seem to understand the love of guns in America has been mixed in with all kinds of things. Um, The guns in the Bible is the one that makes no sense to me. As a Christian, I cannot give that idol... The power that people are giving as Christian, and I'll I'll go on and talk about that a little bit later because that is disturbing. The things I'm seeing there, I've even seen someone use what's the one uh, teach a child in the way they should be it should go and they'll never stray from it. And they had a picture of a baby holding an AR-15, you know. And then I think about these mass shooters. Most of them are young. They're you know maybe you're trying to say well if I teach my child my child won't end up like the mass shooters, you know. Most of them are young, 18 to 21 years old you know and i want to talk about that too because some people say let's say you raise the gun age to 21 so we can stop more of these incidents uh maybe their hormones won't be raising that's what they think but you're 18 to 21 you know you have shooters that are 18 to 21 you have like the one that uh oklahoma day i think he's much older than that in fact he had back surgery he was upset about his back surgery i don't know if the medication drove him nuts or what happened but he was upset with the doctor and that's why he killed him today um either way there are mass shootings happening across the country because people are basically going nuts mad but it's like we've unleashed pandora's box with this whole idea of guns you know People have been dying from gunshots since, since, since the beginning of time, since the beginning of the gun age, but it's gotten worse. In the United States, it's, it's prolific. You know, we, we hear stories about the Wild Wild West and these shootouts and all of this, and we get this romantic idea of what violence is, but it's still murder. Even if it's Hatfields and McCoy in Kentucky, we've had crazy periods in the United States of gun violence that you know, you, you, you can't quite understand. Then just this week, unless Canada sees what's happening in the United States and decides to ban handguns, it's going to stop the sale of handguns in their country. You know, people can keep them as long as those clips only have five bullets, unless, as long as the guns only have five bullets. They say anything about shotguns. They're only talking about handguns because um, that's the problem in Canada too. People dying from handguns. You now places like England, they don't have a death rate, murder rate that we do by gun, maybe by knife, and Even then the murder rate is smaller. Places like uh, Japan, murder rates way smaller. Even Australia, a few years ago, they had a mass shooting and they had to deal with it. So they cut the number of guns. Now, New Zealand. I don't know what the, how the gun laws are in New Zealand. I think they've had a number of mass shootings there as well. But mass shootings outside of the United States aren't as prolific, except in places where they have no control, like in South America with the uh, drug cartels, and some places in Africa with these, uh, terrorist organizations, or in the Middle East, the terrorist organizations and, and those terrorist things that happen. You know, in those cases, you know, th- there are mass shootings there, but it's also a case of madness there. I know I'm going off the cuff and kind of off the off the script that I have here, um, but we've created a whole culture behind guns in the United States. I've talked to some people before that say they are traditionalist or they're established establishment type people. They're institutionalists. They believe in these institutions. But I think we have decided it's okay to sacrifice people to save the institution. You know, whereas this is something that Jesus talked about. Because when he was talking to the Pharisees, the Pharisees often came at him about traditions and the law, quote unquote, that they live by. And how Jesus would come at them by saying, but your heart's on, you aren't living a just life. Even with these laws in place, even with these traditions in place, you're still not being just because the law is strictly just. It's a statute that people can either listen to or they don't listen. They don't live by or they aren't really listening or they've decided to interpret it in a way that it wasn't meant for. And I'm going to say this about guns. Guns are a tool. It was a tool originally meant for war because it became a way to equalize and cheapen. And believe it or not, it was cheaper than hiring a knight. To have a man with a gun. All I had to do was train, train him is to aim and shoot. I didn't have to train him how to fight with a knife. I didn't have to do all this. And I didn't have to pay him extra money. Because he knew how to fight with uh, spears and knives and all that stuff. Uh, it's it even cheaper than the guy on the horseback. Because he can shoot the horse, kill the horse, kill the guy on the horse. So this is the reason the gun was made. It was made as an instrument of war that helped to change the face of war. That's so why we had the American Revolution. Because it made men who were once not thought of as equal, equal, you can mass produce guns. You can give out to a number of people. You can take Joe across the street, train, train him how to shoot, march him across a field, and he can shoot at other guys. You know, they may be professionals, but they got guns and you got guns. You're on an equal equal level. You know, the cannons there, you know, that's a rich guy's thing. Horses are a rich guy's thing, but you got those too. But the thing is, the gun was the equalizer. That's why it's written in, that's why Madison wrote all about it in the uh Federalist papers. He says that it's the equalizer, that it prevents tyranny because armed men are a cautionary tale to someone who wants to be an authoritarian. He could have all the armed thugs he wants backing him up, but those armed thugs are gonna come up against these other guys that are armed. But at the same time, there's a problem with that. Whereas it can help fight tyranny it can also cause tyranny. Like I said, that's why I worry about these groups like the 3 Percenters, the Boogaloo Boys, uh, Proud Boys. Uh, got a whole, i got a whole list of them. And right now, I can't think of all their names. But you, you, If you think of them, guys, you put them in the comments. It costs those things. Then there are those people who are manipulating the system for their own causes, including political pundits, whether it be Democrat or Republican we are maligning the system and then using these other elements in these other organizations, even Christian organizations. They're aligning themselves with things that they, that Christians should not align themselves with. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about. We've got Eagle Forum out there. They'll sit there and talk about Jesus Christ and things like that. We already can talk about how money has corrupted the church and the evangelical movement in the church. But it's hard to say this word evangelical because the evangelical is such a large umbrella now you know there used to be baptist methodist it used to be all these other things now we're calling everybody who's evangelical is someone who believes in all of this stuff and we find out that it's such a broad term that it's it's kind of hard to say that But I'm going to say evangelical because even I am considered evangelical. I just don't believe. I believe more so in the spiritual side of God than anything else. God over money. That's my philosophy in life. God over money. You know, uh, if it comes to saving a life or saving a dollar, I'm going to save the life. And I say that about our country in more ways than one. It's more than just about the money. But money is number one. People say they're institutionalists usually or even traditionalists, it's a lot of times about the dollar, okay? So I can say this, that it's not always what it seems, okay? Even religion is not what it always seems. Every time, it's about control i will sacrifice you for the religion god would never do that if jesus christ offered his life for every man on earth died on the cross he said well god's not expecting that is he not of the 12 disciples that that you know apostles that you hear about in the bible only one only one lived, only one and they died for the sacrifice for the belief in god they did their duty on earth whatever god's called them to do a lot of people get a lot of scriptures wrong um I wrote a few of them down. I'm gonna pull them up right now, or at least try to. Um, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, because this is something I want to talk about. Because when we're talking about guns, I saw on somebody's tag the other day. It said, Fear the government that fears your gun. Then I thought about in scripture, how do we fight that? Because fear is not what God's telling us to do. He doesn't tell us to fear anything except the one thing that can kill our soul, not just the body. So here's what I I I looked up. Here's the first scriptures, Proverbs 4 and 6. The fear of man is is a snare but he who trusts in the lord is safe listen again the fear of man is a snare but he who trusts in the lord is safe so fearing man is a snare it, it can lead to all sorts of things it can lead to anger it can lead to hate it can lead you to shoot and kill people because you fear men here's another scripture first john 4 18 there is no fear in love perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love i'm not telling you to love the government but what i'm saying is you gotta love the people and if you're encouraged to do something change something you don't need a gun because a gun is about fear which leads to hate which leads to death which leads to rage you feel empowered by the gun why can you not feel empowered by the holy spirit why can you not feel empowered by the word of god here's what he says here for god gave us spirit of love power and self-control, not of fear. That's from uh first Timothy, Timothy two and ten, so you can look that up if you like. Then here here's the one that, 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 that hits me right where it should when I, I thought about that tag I saw. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who can kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you to warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. That's Luke 12, 4, and 5. Okay, so now I've gone into this deep Bible side of things, right? So when we come back, because I'm breaking this down a little bit, we'll talk about uh, the shooter and possible mental illness. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. Hope you're enjoying the show. Just thought I would take a moment to invite you to subscribe to Thought You Were No Speed Limit Podcast and let you know that our podcast is available on multiple platforms including Spotify, Google, Apple, Facebook, YouTube, Amazon, Overcast, Stitcher, Breaker, Castbox, Pocket Cast, and Anchor. Also, make sure to hit the bell notification so that you will be notified when the next episode is available. Now back to the show. <laughs> So, like I said, we're going to talk about Ramos for a minute. Ramos, uh, Salvador Ramos, is age 18 years old. He had been commuting with a 15-year-old girl from Germany he met online on May 9th. And I'm telling you this story for a reason. He sent her disturbing messages about how he had received ammo. She asked him what he planned to do with it. He said it would be a surprise. Here's some other disturbing details. He gave her a description of what the ammo could do to a person. On the day of the shooting, on the day he shot his grandmother, the first thing he did, and I'm not sure, but he's not, He's 18 years old. I don't know where he got all of his money for his, his weapons for him. His grandmother may have given some of that money to him, but just remember, the weapon she helped him buy was the same weapon he used to shoot her. Plus, he had a shotgun, a ton of ammo, and people are, there's a guy online, you know, YouTube, here comes the conspiracies. Where where did this guy, how was he able to afford the gun? There's several ways to get a guy. If it was brand new, I'd have to ask a lot of questions after how he got it. Supposedly, the young man worked at Wendy's. Now, there's some telltale signs about this kid, okay? Um, I'm pulling those up now. See, Ramos fit the MO of many of these young mass shooters. He was a quiet kid who was a loner at school. He supposedly worked at Wendy. And this is what I was telling you about. And didn't socialize with his fellow employees. He just came and picked up his check and went home. It is not unclear, but Ramos may have been bullied in school. We're not sure about that When I keep hearing different stories about that, and I'll talk about that in a second. Also, Ramos had, as recently as been skipping a lot of school. So... That's another sign. The kid who's going to school on a regular basis suddenly starts skipping school. That's the time when you start asking questions, what's going on, so on and so forth. If he's unreachable, you might need to get help. But there's signs and flat red flags about this kid all over the place that even his grandmother, I, he's staying with his grandmother. He's not staying with the parents. I don't know. We, if they don't talk about the parents. They talk about he shot his grandmother. So he's staying with his grandmother. So that's a sign that there's something going on. I mean, his parents could have been deceased, his parents could have been troubled people. There's all sorts of things. I'm sure there's information out though that I'm missing that I don't know and that I should go back and do a little bit more research on. But Ramos was staying with his grandmother, and he shot his grandma. And that's what's interesting. So we don't know the behaviors behind what this kid's doing other than we can see some red flags. Ramos had sent pictures and ammo to one of his fellow roommates who asked him what he planned to do with it. Ramos responded, don't worry about it. Again, another red flag that nobody put a warning out for. Ramos also mentioned to the student that he had changed and that the student wouldn't recognize him now. And I don't know exactly what that means, but you know, he had been skipping school. So he said, you wouldn't recognize him. I am now. I'm a totally different person. Meanwhile, he had met some girl in Germany who's 15 years old, not even in the United States, that he doesn't really have a clue to. He told her he loved her on the day of the shooting. So he met her on May 9th. He's in love with her by May 24th, which a lot of young guys do, you know. Look at this little girl online, a girlfriend. He's 18, she's 15, underage. Anyway, I don't know if the parents knew she was even talking to this guy. Okay, now some students are now coming out saying that Ramos was a failed bully who often attacked the weak and vulnerable students at school. Some students claim that he also killed small animals or and tortured small animals, though this has not been confirmed. This is what t- they're saying. They're saying that he was the bully, that he was the bad guy at school. Now, let me explain something about the story. Ramos is not around to tell his side of the story. And I know some things about bullying that I've seen or had issues with in my life. People will say that the person that they're, especially if it's a group bullying, they will claim that the person that they're bullying is the source uh, of the bullying, that it's their fault. They're the bully. You know, a, vic- a victim is always victimized by the the assailant. So it could be that these kids were actually bullying him. And him being this quiet kid, he was building up this anger, this hate, this fear, all of this. And he wanted to find a way to release it. That could have been the case. am not saying that is the case, but that could have been the case. That this young man was trying to find a way to release this. Now, the reason why I want to talk about him is because... All these red flags are there. that are saying that this guy has the potential to be a bad guy. Meanwhile, he's buying ammo, he's buying guns. Nobody knows this. Maybe his parents do. Maybe it, it, it becomes a little more difficult to try to red flag him. But somebody should have been alerted by something that was going on. Not seeing something is not seeing any of this is normal. Yet people are seeing this all as normal. Why? That should be the question you should ask. Why are people seeing this? as normal. So Ramos goes into the same M.O. as even the Brooklyn, uh, the, not, the Buffalo shooter. See, the Buffalo shooter, you know, claimed that it was a, a replacement theory that was his driving force behind the reason why he killed people. But yet, he had a red flag that got Through the cracks, because the kid had threatened to shoot other people. He was a quiet kid in school. He had a lot of the same M.O. as Ramos, right? Something mentally was not quite right with him, you know. And I'm not saying, this is is the thing we're not going to say. It's not an excuse. It's true. Because a lot of us have been bullied. We've been in school. We've had issues in school. And we don't turn out like this. We don't decide that we're going to uh, go get an AR-15 and shoot up elementary schools and kill little kids. We just don't make those decisions. Those aren't rational decisions. You know, we can talk about the most prolific killer right now in, in the world, in Putin, who started a whole war. is killing thousands of people. He's not actually pulling the trigger himself, but he's he's killed thousands of people. That's a mass shooter. What's rational about war? So when people started talking about mental illness, let's put it on a, a larger perspective. January 6th, we had all these people that stormed the Capitol. I was looking, there were people who went in there who were actually looking to hang senators and, and, and uh, House of Representative members, members of the government, because they were upset about an election. They think they can restart a government and do things like that. That was a collective mental illness. The loss of rationality. And I'm not a psychiatrist, but it's obvious there's something wrong with people who think that things like this are okay, okay? So then there's red flags. You know, we have a place like Florida, and I'm not a Republican, but I'm going to say this. They have a thing called red flag laws, right? These red flag laws are a good thing in that they flag people that potentially are hazardous, so it keeps them from buying guns. But someplace like Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, hey, the guy in Oklahoma bought the gun at least a few hours before he walked into the place and killed that doctor and these four of the people. I guess I need to talk about that shooting too. Um He shot him because he had back pain on a surgery he had on the 14th, and it's like, what, the 24th? Or he had the surgery on the 10th? It's the 24th, and he's still in pain. It may still be from the surgery. He needs to give time for the surgery to work before the pain is gone. I'm not sure, and I don't know why he did it. There's no mental rationale for that. We can talk about all the security and other issues. That's what we're going to talk about in the next segment with all of this stuff. But this guy, Ramos, and all of the other shooters since Columbine have had something in common about a mental illness of some kind. And we can say that all people at some point suffer from some form of mental illness, but... Just, there's dangerous forms that cause people to kill people, right? Some people might even say the fact that I'm sitting here talking about this on my microphone is mentally ill. It's crazy. It's, it's not rational. But we've got to be rational about this. I'm, I'm saying there's an M.O. to shooter. Some of them say it's video games that trigger. And that's something the Republicans love to harp on is that video game. Now, the number one thing is it's like this. If you want a baby not to eat candy, guess what you do? You keep the baby away from the candy. If you don't want a baby to eat cookies, you keep them away from the cookies. So why aren't we keeping potential shooters away from guns? I don't think there's anything with extent- wrong with extended background shots. I don't think there's anything wrong with red flag laws. But I do say this. Even with that, people will still slip through the cracks. None of, a lot of these mass shooters are people who can legally purchase and buy a gun, or they buy these guns through other means. And yes, I'm, the media is being sued. People are being sued because they made statements about this, that, and the other. And, and you know what? Who's at fault? We can put a whole list of people who are at fault with this stuff. We got senators who support the NRA, so then they're making statements, and some of them uh governor abbott that statement he made about oh you know the the president of the nra he's done a lot for this country's giving hopes let me explain something about that because i'm going back to the, the christian thing for a second before i end this segment and we go on to the next one hope and hope and prayer is great if it's accompanied by sincerity and real action see jesus talked about that. that's why he was talking about praying our Father, don't be like the hypocrites who mumble and say all sorts of things and think they're doing something when they're being hypocritical and they don't really mean anything they're saying to God right now. They're just saying a prayer, hoping that God will listen to whatever they say. Then it's hoopla. It's in one year and out the other one. Uh, what I want people to do is read Seven chron- Chronicles, Seven Fourteen, Second Chronicles, Seven Fourteen. Sorry. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, heal their land. Now, we'll, we'll talk about some other things in the next segment. Next segment, we're going to talk about the government, uh, possible things we can do to fix the problem. Uh, we'll be back. in with- Welcome back, and we're still talking about the Uvalde, Texas mass shooting. Um, like I said in this segment, this is going to be almost the end here. In this segment, what I really want to talk about is the actions of the government. Like we said, the police, we talked about some of that, those actions about what they were doing during the shooting. Now, from what I understand, the Uvalde Police and the Uvalde uh, Independent School District Police had went through drills training for this operation just in case something like this happened just maybe a week two weeks beforehand yet somehow all of that failed when this action happened number two the resource officer was not in the school during school hours maybe he went to lunch but there was nobody there taking his place while he was away. That's another problem. Why was a school resource officer away from the school? Was he going to another school? Was he patrolling more than one school? Which is a problem because you shouldn't have, you should have a resource officer in the school at all times. Now, I know there are some cities, they've had problems with their resource officers, so they've been trying to get rid of the resource. You have to vet the right person to be a resource officer, especially if they have to deal with kids. You have to have the right person dealing with kids. I mean, just like school teachers, you don't want the wrong school teacher in your kids with your kids. So you got to have the right person there as a resource officer is going to do that. Because this is a problem down here. That was a problem at the sh- school shooting in Florida, where apparently that school officer got out of Dodge. And maybe you don't want a security guard because a security guard is not somebody that can handle a mass shooter, really. Unless that's a tra- that security guard is a military trained or police trained individual. That's the only kind of security guard you can have on duty. Otherwise, you need a uniformed police officer on off, on duty handling that situation for that reason. Metal detectors in schools, they already happened, they already happened in places like, uh, city, inner city schools and places like that because of the fear that, uh, kids will bring guns to school, so on and so forth. We can talk about that. Locked doors, because there were unlocked doors, supposedly. I'm not exactly sure that all these doors were unlocked, but they're saying there were unlocked doors that the one, door that the where the teacher was and entered that school. She closed the door for some reason that door failed to lock. Things like that need to be checked. Of course now Abbott's got, you know, his officials going doing uh random checks at all the schools to make sure that doors are locked. They're doing that. Those are things that officials can put in place. Like I said, the other thing is putting in place the right rules to try to stem some of this. It's not gonna stop at all. Like I said, because some people are going to still get their hands on guns no matter what. The one thing we can't, we, we are not, it's just not logically going to happen at this point. We're not going to get rid of the Second We're not going to be like Canada and just totally start banning guns altogether. We're just not going to be that kind of a nation, right? No matter how many some of us feel, you know. I have family members who are gun-toting family members. They believe in the Second Amendment. They carry their guns for protection of their homes and their families and all those things like i said earlier you can't put your love of god above your gun and your gun can't become your protection if god's not your protection god should always be your number one protection i know people say so well in the bible jesus talks about picking up your sword and people get that scripture wrong too because see god talks about the word and in the perfect word and the knowledge that you're receiving is better is better than a double-edged sword, right? So then when we get to this whole thing where Jesus is talking about, you know, I sent you out with no money, barefoot and no weapon and now you have a money bag So, and I'm about to die on the cross so you need to pick up your swords you know pick up two swords if, if necessary and, and go about your business people get that whole scripture wrong see he see the the, the the knowledge that God gave the knowledge that Jesus gave while he was on earth is what the most important treasure you could ever receive so the money bag was the treasure he got from this the sword he was talking about was the word you fight in your battles with the word yet the, the, the disciples didn't understand let me tell you why because at the end of that remember the one disciple had picked up the swords and said look I've got two swords he said that's sufficient and everyone's like oh see that means you can you need to pick up swords. No, and then, so then why was it When they were in the Garden of Eden, Peter cut off the soldier's ear, and Jesus said, Put down your sword, for he who lives by the sword dies by his sword. Because, like I said, what Jesus said to them, they never understood. They never understood the whole thing about dying on the cross. They never understood the whole thing about the sacrifice. They they didn't understand why Jesus was dying for them until later. You know, when he came back, like, oh, Jesus is here. Yeah, yeah. They still had issues after he he left. Again, after the 40. I know, some of y'all are like, oh, I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I can't believe you're talking about Jesus Christ. Oh my God, this Christian make-believe stuff. Well, if you understood that about Christianity, about Christianity, about the faith and how faith is supposed to be your guide in life, not an AR-15. See, Um, God teaches love. He doesn't teach hate. And an AR-15 does not teach love in any kind of way. It's not an instrument of love. I don't care if anybody says, oh, it is because I'm protecting my family. That's different. But it's still an instrument of Hey, it serves a purpose. You say, well, we got a military. They all have guns. It has to serve a purpose because we live in a world where people have not learned to love each other yet. And we think that the best way to love our people is to protect them from the people who don't love them, right? Same with the police. Well, we got the police. But everybody's got a gun in their house. This is what they want to do. Like I was saying, fear of the government, which turns into fear of other people. Because you got to fear your neighbor now. He's got a gun. You don't know if he's a pr- uh, proud boy. You don't know if he's a, a 2%. You don't know if he's a crypt or blood. You don't know who's going to break in your house the next day. You don't know anything. You don't know if that guy's a Democrat and you're a Republican and both of you don't, like don't like each other. And you need to overthrow him because the other one's going to vote the other one out. Right? There's so many ifs. And what I said just didn't sound all confusing, but it's true. You've got so many fears that you put out there that this is what I was saying. When Madison wrote what he wrote in the Federalist Papers, he was trying to get the world to see that you can fight tyranny with the gun. But then he didn't realize that you can cause tyranny with the same gun, Confederacy. You can uphold tyranny with your gun, KKK. Tyranny, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rosewood, Florida, Wilmington, South Carolina. All those were tyranny. Mass shooting. People killed because of their race, but they were mass shootings too. 300 people in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 300, that's a lot of people killed. We can talk about the mass madness of that. So what do we need to do to prevent shootings? First, it it has to start with each and every one of us. It really has to start with each and every one of us. Another thing we can do, if we want our legislators to change things, call your senator. Call your state senators. Call the your your uh, federal senators. Everybody has to change this at every level. It can't just change at the federal level. It needs to change at the state level. It needs to change at the local. Call your mayor. Call your city council. Call everybody. Get it to change. Call your pastor at your church if you're a Christian. Uh, call your imam. Call all of these people so we can change things. Because that's where it has to change. What I don't want to see is something I saw on TikTok today. I saw a man there sitting there. He says, uh, I believe he says um, a train, a trainer. He's a, a gun owner and a, and a trainer and all this stuff. He was sitting in a school. He says he was out sitting out at the school to watch the kids in the playground to protect them. At the same time, it made me extremely nervous that there's a, a man in the parking lot with a gun. He's doing this on his own. He's not doing this because the government said do it. He's not doing it because he's, he works with the police, which is also the government. But he's not doing this because he's an authority. He's doing this because that's what he feels like he needs to do. He needs to sit out there and watch these kids. He has kids. And I don't think it's a bad idea if parents go and guard their school. I just... It just bothered me. Sitting out there with a vest, maybe with an AR-15, maybe with a shotgun. I don't know what he's got. He's sitting out there and he was looking and he said, hey, look, these kids are out of the playground right now. He showed it on camera. He showed everything. It was it, it was something else to watch. And I thought about that for a minute. I said, whoa. But then I also thought about the other story I heard about this father who went to the school and asked him if it was okay if he just sat there that day and observed the school to make sure that his daughter on her last couple of days at school came out fine. And that's Okay. It's like the parents that patrol in Louisiana. I don't know if you heard about that, these dads on patrol in Louisiana. They patrol the hallway of the school to keep kids from fighting and doing all the things that they shouldn't do. And it has worked. Kids are in class. They're taking the classes. Grades are getting better in the school because dads are present there. It should happen everywhere. That's just a, that's a simple solution. Meanwhile, the government's trying to make decisions. It's going to have to be a bipartisan thing. It's going to have to be both sides working together to try to solve this issue. It just can't be... Democrats versus Republicans, it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, it's them daggum NRA guys, uh, the boogaloo boys with the guns and all that. So it's easy to say that. But then what happens is we start getting in our camps and behind our bunkers and start being defensive and going to war with each other. We need to sit at the table and make good laws. Like I said, red flag laws are a good idea. Uh, Extended background checks are a good idea. Doing something about these guns you can buy online and put together And they aren't even registered that's an easy way for a shooter because guess what they spend a lot of time on the computer they spend a lot of time on the internet and this is not going to stop everybody like i said this is still not going to stop everybody but those with red flags, it would be nice if we stopped, started there. People with records, even if they give them a sponge, we need to be careful what kind of weapons they're buying, right? Because what were they in jail for? What kind of trouble pass do they have? All those things need to, we need, we need to put that together. Of course, the internet is a harder thing, like I said, but If you see something, say something. This goes out to the kids, the adults. I don't care who you are. If you see something, say something. Because I'm seeing all these red flags for Ramos here. And even though though this is a 15-year-old girl living in Germany, She should have alerted somebody, even though these other kids, they were in school with this guy. He's online telling what he's going to do. Somebody should have said something. There should have been somebody observing that. Now, I understand uh, Facebook and Twitter and all of them have come out talking about we have to protect privacy and all this. That's what, let me tell you what I feel about that, okay? Facebook and Twitter and all of them tell that lie all the time because they're collecting your information and selling it to Visa, MasterCard, to the insurance company. Stuff you say a lot online, stuff you buy online goes to your car insurance, your life insurance, and your health insurance. People to let them know what you are doing. So just in case they want to deny a claim because of something they feel like you did that was unhealthy, that caused a car accident, that you bought that would keep your house was, was unsafe for your house, they can get away with doing that. They got that information. They're passing it on. So why can't aren't they watching the words of what you say? They are. They're watching it all the time. So. That's a lie, and they know they can. if you put a red flag on something and tag it, they should be the ones telling, too. Then they know that the government has already told them that they need to watch people because they're watching out for terror. Now they have to watch out for domestic terror. By the way, the young man from um, uh, Buffalo has been charged with first-degree murder uh, with a civil rights uh, charge, and... He's also been charged with domestic terrorism. First person in the nation to be charged with that. And he probably won't be the last, but he's the first because of what he did. And again, there was a shooting in Oklahoma today. I'm not going to sit here and say it's just white people that kill. Kill. I know I said something about that, but I was talking about when it comes to hate crime uh, last time. Who are the who are the persons that you see in these hate crimes? It was a black man today. Uh, mental illness is another thing. And yes, uh Anyone can be violent. So you have to watch out. We have to be vigilant. Again, I said we have to start on ourselves. We have to decide ourselves if our gun society is right. Sometimes we have to let go of our traditions and our institutions to fix. Because what I've noticed is, like I said before, we are willing to sacrifice life for institutions and things that will not That will still be here long after we're gone. They have no purpose other than to be here. They were meant for us to use, and we've abused them. We've put them in places that they don't belong. We put importance on things that are important. I told you, we put too much importance on money. Money is not more important than you. The most valuable asset on this earth is you. You created, man creates a lot of things on this planet. God gave him that ability. That's what makes, that's why God says you are the little God, because you can create things. This microphone I'm teaching on, man created that. The whole thing I'm talking about is coming from my creative mind right now. God created that. That's who you are. You are capable of creating anything and generating wealth, generating love and kindness. You don't have to be destructive because that's the other side of you. That's why we love the gun so much. We seem to tend to lean toward the destructive more than the creative nowadays. We're, these mass shooters have been going on for years, by the way. But they're getting more and more noticed because they're increasingly getting something's happening every other week. It's three weeks in a row we've had four mass shootings. We need to think about that. Well, folks, that's all I have for you. This has been a long one today. I had to just break this down as best I could. The next time, uh, I'll probably be talking about something a little bit lighter, a lighter subject, maybe sports. I'm not sure, uh, but I'm going to try to go there. Before I go, let me do this because it's only fair. Let's talk about the people who died. There were 21 victims of Uvalde. Two teachers who died were Irma Garcia and Eva Morales. Here's the thing about Irma Garcia's husband died two days later of a heart attack. After learning of his wife's death, after, you know trying to deal with It's basically heartbreaking. It's a sad story. They leave behind uh, four children. The youngest is in the seventh grade. One is in high school. Another is in college. And one is in a Marine. Eva's husband, the uh, other victim in this, is a police officer and and has an older daughter. Um, The young students who died were... Nevea Alice Bravo, Jacqueline Cazares, McKenna Lee El- Elrod, you'll have to excuse me if I mispronounce the name, Jose Manuel Flores, Elena Garcia, Usaya Garcia, Amory Joe Garcia, Xavier Lopez, Jace Carmelo Lovenos, Tezmada, Miranda Mathis, Alicia R- Ramirez, Annabel Rodriguez, Mate Rodriguez, Alexandria Lax. Lexi Rubio, Laila Salazar, Jalea Jacol Silgiar, Elena Cruz Torres, and Royello Torres. Most of these children were from 9 to 10 years old. Their parents are having funerals this week. I want to pray for the families and say uh, say that my heart is with you if you're listening to this. Um, I hope that this finds some comfort in some of the things I said. I tried not to go off on deep tangents and go off against different candidates or or Republicans or whoever. You know, I could talk about that. I really could. But I decided to go in a different direction today. Um, My heart goes out to you. I hope that we can reach out to more people and, and maybe we can get something done this time about this. Because, like I said, it's been going on since Columbine. Actually, before that was a shooting. Two men young boys from uh, Arkansas that I remember got together. And that was the first mass shooting I remember. They got together and eight people died because they decided to wear camouflage to school one day and start shooting it kids at school i mean it's been going on for a long time and we haven't really found a solution to the problem and i don't know if we'll find every solution to the problem but like i said again maybe we can stop some of these kids we need to put more money money in uh mental health, more money into uh schools, period. Uh so we can have the right resources or we need. So we need more social workers and things. And we think that defunding the police means defunding the police. I don't think it means that. What I mean is making sure we have the proper sources allocated so it won't be so tough on the police and they have to do this over and over and over again. Right? So let's make sure we got the resources in place, the social workers, the uh, psychologists in place. Uh, other things in place in schools, you know, resources in school and places like that. So we can reach people before they get to the point where they become a problem. Well y'all, y'all have a wonderful night and thank you again for listening to Thought Your World well, No Speed Limit Podcast. Uh by the time you hear this is January 3rd. You will no longer be able to hear this on Facebook, but you can hear us on several other platforms, including our newest one, Pandora. Uh so from Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Uh, Amazon. I'm on several platforms, and I see that you are listening around the world. I want to thank my folks in Germany. I want to thank my people here in the United States. I want to thank my people in France, England, over in Africa. I see y'all. I see y'all. I see y'all. I'm proud to have you as part of my page. Now, what I need is to have more of you follow. I don't care which platform you're on. You hit that follow button. Hit that notification button. And every time I come on a broadcast, you will be able, you will be able to be the first to hear it. Now, y'all are gonna.